and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Still not Kathy. <laughs> welcome to episode 226. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about dioramas. Uh, we will put the YouTube up and give a link to that so you can see stuff when Jim is start uh, get into all the minutia of it. Uh, he's going to be working on a diorama base uh, with... Uh, who's the model we're working with? So... We got Radagast for sure, and I also want to do an Aon if we got time. Okay. Um, but before we do that, don't forget we are doing a Turbo Dork giveaway. You have to be uh, listening right now. So go in there and put in your raffle tickets if you want. Um, other than that, we will be doing a grab bag giveaway again uh, soon. We're, we'll raffle off a chance to have Gonzo reach down into his sack and pull out something interesting. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, before we get too much further, uh, Flint did redeem a uh, Hail Hydrate, so cheers. Oh, cheers. I didn't see that. Um, other than that, um, so let's go and get to the business. We want to thank Mini Masterworks, where one of our sponsors, he will have a code that will show up, and you can get 10% off uh, on that. Uh, make sure you go check him out. He has the awesome paint shaker. Um, we want to thank um, Muse on Minis, where they also give us a 10% discount for anybody that uses our code. Uh, they do have some quite a new interesting stuff coming out, and they will be at Warfare Weekend uh, to get all your cool things. Uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork, which will be giving away all the cool stuff from them uh, tonight, a $50 gift certificate, and um, they will be at Warfare Weekend also. We want to thank, we want to thank Midnight Heroes. Uh, they have a discount code to their chibi and uh, their paint sets. Uh, they can get 10% off if you use our code. And um, they'll also be at, you guessed it, Warfare Weekend. Um, Parabellum War Games. Uh, if you want to play Conquest and want to learn about it, make sure you go check them out and check out the 10% um, discount you get from buying with our code. Um, they make some really good miniatures and the game is actually really fun. Uh, plus a really great bunch of people. Um, did I miss anybody? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we're good. So, other than that, um, folks, we appreciate you coming in and listening and watching and joining us, all this type of stuff. We want to make sure that you take care of yourself. Make sure you're hydrating. It's really hot outside. Um, make sure you check in on anybody. And uh, make sure that um, you're just being safe um we have quite a few shout outs uh this week uh john it is all yours go right ahead well legion just mentioned pat carroll who had not come across my desk and i'm not necessarily familiar with but uh she's been in a ton of stuff uh, i guess most people our age would know her as the voice of ursula in the little mermaid oh okay yeah yeah she uh died yesterday unfortunately uh, she actually didn't have a huge filmography, but she was much more a veteran of TV. So, uh, and then to grab the rest of my list, uh, Paul Servino, who's been in a ton of movies. He's a great character actor. Uh, also very well known for him sort of melting when his daughter got the uh, Oscar and dedicated it to him. Uh, David Warner, veteran bad guy of uh, Time Bandits and Tron and a ton of other things. Tron was what really I was like, man, you know, it, it was just the kind of that, that kick in the pants. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's always a great bad guy. He actually got a couple roles where he was a good guy, too. He was, uh, uh, or at least a non-bad guy in uh, TMNT 2, The Secret (laughs) of the Ooze. He was a scientist. He he still delivered a good role, felt earnest. He didn't feel menacing when he was supposed to not be menacing. So he's he's a great character actor. Um, uh, Bernard Cribbins, who is probably one of the most unsung companions for Doctor Who. Um, he didn't start that way. He started off as the grandfather of one of the companions, but then he got his own shot, and he was fucking great. I mean, so he just passed, and then Nichelle Nichols, who her, the original her from Star Trek, passed uh, just yesterday or today. I think yesterday. That was yesterday. Um, she is obviously groundbreaking. You know, whether or not her and, and William Shatner had the first interracial kiss on TV, it doesn't matter. It was one of the biggest ones. And she did a heck of a lot for diversification and showing, uh, you know, Gene Roddenberry's vision of everyone being equal, you know, for the future and a utopian future. She did a, that a great job at that. And then Bill Russell, 11 time NBA uh, champion, is uh, passed as well. I mean, we don't talk much of sports balls, but he's one of the all time greats. Um, like probably a generation before any of us started even potentially caring about basketball, but one of the all times greats. So it was a heck of a month. Yeah. Because, you know, in our chat groups and everything, we always, you know, send things to each other and make jokes and everything. And this week it was like, so-and-so passed away. So-and-so passed away. So-and-so. I was like, Damn. Celebrity deaths yeah. usually come in threes, but not nines. Yeah. Well, it was six. No, oh, was it six? Okay. I was it just was throwing a number out. So I was just like, dang, it was a rough week. Yeah. Um, guys, we appreciate it. Like I said, we appreciate y'all listening. Please make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of others. Um, There's going to be super important um, coming in the coming months uh, with everything going on. And especially, you know, we've got, people going to different conventions pretty soon uh gen con is like this week um so just make sure you take care of yourself watch out for each other have a good time just stay safe we want to see you back here um so here's to y'all cheers cheers john what are you drinking tonight oh i'm finishing up this dr pepper and uh uh, Jack Daniels fire, and then I'm going to follow it up with a uh, Moscow mule. Okay. Jim, what's on your uh, agenda for drinkage? Still the spiced rum, this time with cranberry ginger ale instead of the blackberry. Cool. Uh, I am sticking with the old faithful of water. Uh, I have a bacterial infection, so, um, you know, I'm not going to push any limits on that <laughs> and just stick with. Uh, the water for right now. I'm almost done with my uh, bacterial, my antibiotics, and I'll be glad when that's done so I can get my good bacteria back in check type thing because it's really tearing up my guts. So, so guys, we're going to be talking about dioramas. Um, I've never done a diorama. I do have a model that I want to do that I'm going to put into the P3 painting competition uh, at Adepticon next year, so I'm going to be interested in this. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting. But this is particularly how to do a diorama with with you still wanting to play with the model that you have, too. Uh, let me go and switch over the paint cam real quick. That way Jim can show off his cool picture. Oh, your flag is green, isn't it? Oh, no. It just kind of looks weird. Oh, there it goes. Okay, something weird. Uh, so Jim's showing off the diorama. I think you showed this off uh, not too long ago, too, didn't you? Yeah, this is the prototypical diorama, right? Where the figure that's stuck there uh, integrated fully into the base terrain piece, whatever you want to call it. But you really can't game with this. Be sort of, sort of difficult. I mean, you could, maybe, but that would be difficult. We have something else here. Now, this is actually a tutorial series that I did. This is the mirror pool for Galadriel. Now, it's still kind of a stationary type of thing because, well, there's your mirror pool, and here's your Celeborn over there. So what they were going to be was just simply pinned so that I could stick them on here when I wanted to have the diorama, or I would have some kind of a base like this where it would be pinned, and then they could just be stuck on the base for a game. So this is sort of a hybrid between the first one I showed you and the one that's coming up now, which is the thing that we are going to be working on here. Let's bring this out like so. So here's a little bit of a Radagast figure. Obviously, all the Lord of the Rings stuff, with the exception of, say, Cav and Large Monsters, they go on these dinky little 25 mil bases. Normally, that's kind of a... Eh, can't really do much with the basing there. But this one came with some woodland stuff on the base already. And I thought, well, let's make a little bit of a diorama for them using a combination of things. We got some 3D printed bits here from Make It Epic Basing. These are their, not juniper trees, these are their uh, cypress trees. Yeah, I think those are their cypress trees. We've got some of their juniper trees here, and we've got some smaller branches here. We also have some stuff from Pelinar, like these little birdies. Check it out, little birdies there. We've got mushrooms, all kinds of good stuff. And that's normally things that I would use to make just a regular base, say like this one. Uh, obviously, you could still play with this, but what we're going to do is take some of this extra little bit of scenery, and we're going to put that on the diorama base. And all I've really used here so far to attach a lot of these things, just a, a drill, putting a little pin in there uh, so that I could put this in at my leisure. We've got... This is some Daz air dry clay. Now, I wish I had my gray ones because you could see a little bit easier on camera. But all I do is I just take a mold from Woodland Scenics, like this one right here, and I just shove the Daz air dry clay into that. Normally, this is something model railroaders would use uh, plaster for, but that's heavy, that's pricey, and Daz air dry clay is great because it's really easy to break and carve and do some extra things with. I've done a ton of basing with this stuff, and now I've started to use it for dioramas, like actually this one also has some of that Daz air dry clay in it. Again, that's, uh, I did a bunch of tutorials showing some of that. Now, it's just a cheap old wooden plaque right here. Let me get one of these out. I did sand the edges a little bit. This is about the cheapest way to get a plinth you can buy really expensive plinths. I know Green Stuff World has a ton of them. There's also a bunch of 3D printable plinths out there. Uh, sometimes mechanical things like this. I mean, Gonzo, you know, you go to print that, and sometimes it could sag in one end or the other, or if it's hollow. Now, it's not really all that strong. 
Oh, yeah. So uh, I've, I've thought about printing those. I just haven't had a chance to print out those things. Uh, the wooden plaques, so darn cheap and very durable. Uh, this is my go-to for making dioramas. Now, you can see what I'm trying to do here. You see that we've got this little bit of a gap that's brewing right here. That is so that we can get his base down in here, but still have some kind of terrain or something around that. And you can also see how we've tried to make this composition here. So we have one taller tree. That's kind of your main focus there. We have kind of a shorter tree next to it, and then we have an even shorter branch right here, and that's going to be going right there into that piece of Daz Air dry clay. You don't necessarily have to use the pins. For something like this, I think it's a good idea. And here's my hot glue gun. Just, just the same thing I use for terrain and everything else. So what I'm going to do is take him out of here, and I'm actually <laughs> going to see if I can get my juniper tree um, stuck into his base here. Before we get any further, we want to thank uh, Rainer72 for the raid really quick. Uh, if you're joining the channel, we appreciate it so much. I'm Gonzo. This is John below me, and then James Wapple is over there. He is going to be talking about a doing... Um, dioramas but using still being able to use your models uh everything so thank you rainer we appreciate it he's such an awesome guy he's going to be doing some cool stuff for warfare weekend uh not only teaching classes but he's actually on a special project by me that you'll have to wait and see if you like everything go ahead and click that little follow and everything we're also doing a giveaway this week uh you have to be a follower or giveaway today um, we are giving away a $50 gift certificate to Turbo Dork. Mm -hmm. So just hit that follow button, put it in your raffle, and you got it. So, okay, Jim, continue on with the shenanigans. So here's some more examples of those basing bits. And uh, they're just, there's so many fantastic basing bits out there. Where the heck were these for the last 20 years? I'm yeah, telling you. <laughs> fan freaking tastic. Uh, just every type of branch you can imagine, all these different sizes. You got this this foliage right here. And then, of course, I think I showed you this. So we're, this is another sort of a hybrid right here where you've got terrain, but it's also removable miniatures. So here's a unit of Greyjoys right here. And you can see all these cattails and reeds and everything else. You can even see some of the same 3D printed stumps that I'm using on this diorama are in here. But obviously these guys, they all... Are removable so you can see there's a little cattail on his base right there so and in some ways this is what we're trying to create something that has a really nifty display quality to it but it's a it's something we can still use that miniature and actually play with it and where did where there's radagast so obviously radagast has the bird poop on his head that's why i thought maybe we could sort of incorporate some of these little birdies right here and this is from pelinor the pelinor basing bits they're all free they're a little bit less of resolution, I would say, than the Make It Epic stuff. You might not want to enlarge them a lot because you might start seeing some rasterization. They're also a little bit of a pain here as far as uh, see these long sprues like this. Oh, yeah. Found out the hard way because I packed a, a one build plate with dozens of these. You could hear the grinding and pulling sound as it was trying to rip my FEP apart. <laughs> so, you know, word to the wise, only have a few of these, like have a build plate of a bunch of other stuff and just sneak three or four of these on there because, yeah, that kind of will destroy your FEP plate for sure. So what I've done here is I've kind of glued this one on. I'm actually trying to glue some of these trees down. You know, I'm just going to hit them with the hot glue here. They got their pin already. 
And let me get you stuck down in there without burning myself. Because sometimes uh, it can get a little bit torchy there. All right, there's our one tree. Now this one also, again, has a little hole drilled into the into the wood. The wood's really soft. Uh, it's something else to keep in mind. That wood is really soft. So when you're, when you're doing some pins for that, keep in mind that you want a pin to go a little bit deeper. Now here, this is one of those basing bits. A little bit of a stumping. It's going to take some hot glue. We're going to throw that there. Eventually, when all this stuff gets glued down, then we got to integrate it. Because you see, we've got all these nasty gaps and everything. There's a real easy way to cl uh, close out those gaps and actually make it look pretty darn nifty. Now, we also have a bunch of smaller branches that we're going to throw on here. So I'm just uh, the one downside to the hot glue is you're going to have these strings all over the place. To me, uh, um, when I got to do something like this and I got to do it fast, it's worth it. I know that uh, I, it went by pretty quick. Um, Captain Mizzy asked where to get those plants. I know you can get them at Michael's, and they're super cheap. They're only like a buck or two, depending on the size. So uh, Dick Blake, Hobby Lobby, I'm sure Michael's probably has them. I usually get these from Hobby Lobby. They've just been out of them uh, because of the, well, lumber shortage, I believe, of late. But hopefully they're going to start coming back in stock. So I'm just going to try and pile up some of this right around the edge here. And then we, we could use Daz Air Dry Clay in there. And that's the same stuff I used on this. So let's say if I really wanted to go right up to the edge of that base, I could use something like this Daz Air Dry Clay. Maybe we give that a shot here. We might even give that a shot. Who knows? So again, this is for a Song of Ice and Fire unit where I actually carried... The Desert Tech, let's see, what is this, number two? That one goes right over here. <laughs> so you can see how the texture just is integrated right into the movement tray, and all the other miniatures are exactly the same way. So all four miniatures and the tray combine into what looks like a continuous bit of sand dunes. It, here it's a little bit trickier, right, because we have a, more of a confined space, and we don't have a whole bunch of miniatures to hide that. So we're going to have to try and hide the fact that, well, there's this crazy, stupid edge. One thing I found out the hard way back in, what, 2004? That was our year of dioramas. I would have the stuff come so close to the base. See how it's a beveled edge here? It would be trapped in there. I'd be like, oh, that's not coming out of there, which means you're going to be left with a line. You will have a little bit of a circle around that. You could cover it with vegetation. Uh, grass tufts, flower tufts, whatever, and then there's things like this tall foliage right here from Green Stuff World. So maybe that's a way you could hide that gap. What is it the British say? Mine the gap. That's one way you could do it is with some grass tufts or flower tufts or some of that kind of stuff. What I'm going to do here is uh, make sure I don't glue him in because, you know, that's very possible. And I've also got another little bit right over here. And that was going to go, which way are you supposed to point? I think you're supposed to be pointing this way. So here's one that I'm just going to drill a quick little hole so that people can see what it looks like. little pin vise here. I suggest that when you find a drill bit and some paper clips that match in size, buy lots of each because you will break those drill bits and <laughs> you will run out of paper clips. So I, I suggest you get as many as you can of those two things. Now, one way to stop your drill bit from being broken is to have these cheap old rubber blocks. 
You can get these on Amazon somewhere between five to seven bucks. You can see all these slice marks on here and drill marks. That's from me doing this. That's from me doing that. That's from me slicing away with this razor saw, which I was just doing earlier to cut up some of this cork. So this could be your hand, right? Or it could just be the rubber block. I think everybody would choose that this would not be their hand that that uh, exacto was sticking out of. So I, I see all the time on Facebook, you know, somebody has basically sliced off a finger or half a finger or something like that. That is one way to uh, make that not happen. Another and, way to help your uh, your uh, pin vice uh, drill bits is to get uh, some lubrication for them. The stuff's available most places we get hobby supplies, and it'll help when you're drilling into anything. It's a harder material. Now, being well lubed is always a good choice for sure. <laughs> so what we're going to do is get this other branch right down Gotta in here. Got to make sure you're moist and lubed oh, up well. Yes, sake. sirree, baby. Now, let's see if we can just use the hot glue for that, get you stuck in there. And then we could even you know, support it with uh, something like this here. We'll just uh, chuck a little bit more of this. Boom, right there. Again, you're going to end up with a bunch of these little strings and that sort of stuff. But when you got to do it fast like this, it's it's fine. Uh, when I have my enough time, I'll just use more super glue, whatever. Okay, here, let's uh, get some, well, speaking of which, let's get some super glue on this one right here. This is actually what's interesting. I didn't realize this, but the Cheapmo super glue also comes in a gel form like this, which actually it's sort of handy. You know, there's the fancy gel glue that I try to save for miniatures. And then there's this Cheapmo stuff that I try to just save for things like terrain, dioramas, whatever. Now, I also have a whole bunch of this. This is just mulch right here. I'll move you over to the side, and we'll just pour out some of this stuff right here. And what this can do is kind of integrate a few areas, like over here. But instead of the hot glue, where'd you go? I'm going to use something like this. Now, I love this stuff. It's great. But it's A, pricey, and B, it can be really hard to find because Vallejo only makes miniature stuff three months out of the year. The other nine months out of the year, they're making car paint and house paint or whatever the heck else they do. It can be really hard to find this, and this can be about 13 14 bucks for this little container. You can take a spackle, a nice strong wood glue, and even something like sand and basically make the same thing. Is it going to have a color to it? doesn't matter because I just paint over this stuff anyway, so don't care. But uh, if you're looking to substitute for this, I've already done uh, a couple of videos on that. I know for my classes at Adepticon, we had to make, what, 36 containers of that for mm -hmm. two basing classes? Because, yeah, we weren't going to be able to find or afford 36 containers of that. Got ourselves a junky little craft brush here, and we're going to start taking some of this. Nice big old blob of it here. Hopefully we can see this. And now we start to integrate our big old blobs of Daz air dry clay with everything else. So now that tree is kind of planted in some soil right here. And we could just go with this or we could still, you know, say we find some pieces like this that might actually work in there, throw those in. Mm-hmm. Something like so. And then if we really wanted to, we could take some of our favorite hummus 
right here. This is from Luke's APS. Look at this. Uh, it's non-GMO. It's also gluten-free. So this is super healthy. Don't recommend you eating it, but if you choose to, it's not GMO. Now we're going to take some of our rocks Is it here. like eating gravel? It's a bit like eating gravel, but it, it's good for the roughage, right? Here, I'm going to throw not, some of this. Not, not so much, actually. There you go. So once that is primed, you're going to have yourself a really, really nifty texture. And it's going to look a little something like this right here. So let's get... And also, you can on. use everything, every single technique you're showing, you can use on a normal base. It doesn't have to be a diorama base. Any base, you can use all these same techniques to make your base pop. Which, guess what? We pretty much did the same thing right here on all of Boom. these elks. Here's another one right here. So that's just bulletin board cork with some, again, some of the 3D printed basing bits, the same ones we're actually using on here. Mm -hmm. I do this all the time. Obviously, we love our, our our Sculpey bases, but here's another example right here. So a piece of bark. Oh, look, some some trees, right? Nice and easy. And then we've got, here's another example over here. There we are. So it's just two of those trees. In fact, one tree that we already put on that diorama, that's sitting right over here. That's some bulletin board cork. And the stuff that I just put on there, the texture paste and that little bit of uh, sand and gravel, that just went right here. Because this is a dark sword figure. And all I did was just plop that metal base there and that integrated it so you can't even see. This is another tutorial that I did where it shows the painting and even the basing. All right, here we got to start to integrate some more stuff here. Let's get this stuff integrated minus... All of our little strips there. Tony, I've almost thought of saving that to use for spider webs. <laughs> uh, because, well, Kurzlook Miniatures, they're going to be doing all the Merkwood Spider Army. That's uh, going to be, I think, their September release or something. And I know that the Green Stuff World Spider Serum just doesn't really work. It's especially not for gaming-style miniatures. And I'm trying to figure out a way to do some kind of uh, spider webs that are rugged enough for gaming miniatures. Could you use the all... same stuff people use for like blood drops and stuff? I feel like you should be able to use that same sort of material. Uh, I, I, it, if you can make it thin enough and just have enough of it out there, oh. I know some people they'll take oh it's like hairspray and super glue or some some kind of crazy combo like that, where they sort of shoot the hairspray through something else and it basically turns it into strands. Okay. That's uh, that's something I'm just gonna have to Google, and I'm sure there'll be several YouTube tutorials on that. Yeah. Now here, so that trunk that was looking really weird and isolated, guess what? Now it's totally incorporated into the base. Look, there's even a little bit of static grass in there. <laughs> I'll just blow some of that away. Now we have to figure out what kind of stuff are we gonna put in here. I think I'm just gonna keep it simple, maybe, and pile some of this in here so that edge disappears now. That little gap right there, that's all gone. Yep. I could just leave it as this texture. I could put other types of rock and gravel in there, whatever. But now you don't see any gap there anymore. That's totally gone. And the other thing, too, is it's going to also help anchor that tree in there. So see that big old gap right there? Well, there was a gap there. Not anymore. It's all nice and incorporated. And this is a fabulous way to, you want to have, I don't know, some muddy bases or whatever with footprints in them. You could just put some of this stuff on your base, 
grab a miniature, just have them step on this, and all of a sudden now you got some footprints. Nice and easy, no problem. Here we got, uh, I don't know, we want to do something like that, have a, a larger rock there maybe. Yeah, uh, Iron Shepherd just says he loves watching people make terrain because it changes up the base a lot. Um, we agree. I mean, just a little bit of change to a base can make them explode. That's literally the way I typed in chat. Did you really? <laughs> Almost, uh, not quite word for word, but close enough. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so easy. That That's mm-hmm. the thing. If it was really a pain in the ass or something like that, it'd be different. But this is pretty darn easy, and it, it adds so much to it. It's just intimidating. People just, just do it. Stop being afraid of doing stuff. Just do it, and you'll learn. Like, you don't start with your best model. You start with some models and go, and you learn all the tricks. You watch some videos. You, you, you watch a stream, and then you go try it, and then you just you just get better. You can't just jump in and be perfect. You have to get some experience with it somewhere. So look at a big old gap right here. Oh, yeah. Well, there was. Not anymore because we're going to fill that right in here. It also acts a, a bit like mortar in between some stones or bricks or whatever because now that gap is filled in. And it's going to make it that much stronger. Because when this stuff dries, it dries very, very solid. And it's it's not it's not going anywhere. Once really it dries, oh, it gets really hard. Even though it starts out moist and flaccid, it gets really hard eventually. Like a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, if it could, if it could reach it, it can scratch it. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's kind of how it goes, right? If you can reach it, you can scratch it. Let's see if we got any more of these little bits right here that we might want to throw in there, like maybe this one here. Ah, this one's better. This one's a little bit better. So there we go. There's another another little rocky bit there. Because uh, what can happen when you use something like a Daz or the molds with the Daz air dry clay, you start to recognize the same pieces over and over again. So that's why I start to integrate things like the mulch here. Because now you're giving it just that teensy little bit of difference from what it was to what it is now. And it's a little bit harder for folks to tell, oh, okay, yeah, that's just been that same that same piece over and over again. You don't want the same so piece hard over and over again. You don't want those hard pieces over and over again, even though they start up moist. All right, there's some more of our stuff right there. Now, eventually it starts looking like a bit of a kaleidoscope, right? There's like all these weird different colors, but... Once you prime this stuff, it, it all kind of just gets uh, combined together. You don't I, really see it. Iron Shepherd, uh, yes. Um, the, the trees are made of 3D printed. Uh, Jim, what did you say the company was that you get those from? That you 3D printed so, from? Most of these things are from Make It Epic Basing. All the trees are. And uh, well, things like these rocks right here, they have... They have sci-fi stuff, fantasy stuff. They even have like rabbits and bunnies and birds and everything else the other smaller bits that i have like these birdies right here and the shrooms those are from pelinor and i think let me see if i've got another little example here of those things uh, i don't see them right there uh i'm looking for the pelinor stuff no i don't have it oh wait here's some so pelinor also makes all these candles right here. Where's my one dark sword piece? This remember I was basing this a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So those uh, the bottles and all those little candelabras there, those are also from Pelinor. And again, those are free. Just yeah, the downside is there's not going to be quite the same resolution on those as the Make It Epic stuff. 
And the one thing the Make It Epic folks told me is they said, look, if you want to have – so I think there's three different trees in the in the file set. If you want to double that, mirror them. I said, wait a minute, why, why would mirroring those – apparently you mirror some of these files. It changes the way they print, and voila. Now, you also have things like Loot Studios. Uh, they have some fantastic basing slash terrain bits. And I think these are also maybe from Loot Studios right here, a little statue right there. And Oh, here's a column. This is also from Loot Studios. And, of course, Loot Studios, uh, they, they hollow everything out for you, so you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. It also saves on resin big time. Saves on resin for sure. All right, so, again, this is that part where we have to try and integrate it here. So what I'm going to do is uh, shut down this bottle here. And I'm going to maybe break out some of the Daz air dry clay. I think I have a sculpting tool here. Yes, I do. This is the same stuff I was showing you on the desert basing. Mm -hmm. You could use, I suppose you could use green stuff if you wanted to, but that would start getting kind of on the pricey side. Here, let me break out the Daz air dry clay. You are going to want to leave this in one or not, or maybe even two plastic bags. So Daz air dry clay, if you want, you want to keep this stuff moist right you don't want it to be rock hard too soon you want to be able to uh play Mold with it, it play with it yeah you want to be saying. able to shape it with your fingers so there we okay. let's you break have to this palm out it and make sure you know when you put it in a tube your hand is really uh, strong you, to, you want to cup it a couple of times to make sure it's warm all right so again gonna have a plastic bag like this i mean Cupping yourself probably better than cupping your neighbor. That might be less offensive. Probably. All right, so we've got our sculpting tool right here. And we've got this little gap right there. So I'm just going to fill that in like so with some of the Daz clay here. I'm just kind of shove this stuff in there. Is it really tight when you shove it in there? Uh, it, it get, the more you shove it, the tighter it gets. Get him back in here. All right, we're going to shove some of this moist Daz air dry clay back here. There we go. And at first, it's just not going to want to stick. You will have to kind of mess around with it. When I was doing those desert theme bases, uh, it can be, it can take a little bit of an effort, like here, to push this up around the cork. This is the same stuff we're using right here Daz air dry clay and bulletin board cork. This stuff has looked like ice and snow bases. You've seen all the Song of Ice and Fire stuff that I've done. You can make it look like just about anything, which is really, really cool. All right, where's where's Radagast here? Poof. So now he's, uh, there we go. And we have a little bit of clay now, I think, that we can also... Always consent. We always consent. I mean, oh, Jim yeah, always looks yeah. at his miniature and says, I'm going to make you wet. And the model's like, yes, you will. I'm going to make this tight. And, you know, it's, it's done it's with It's going to be, uh, as they say, good and tight. Okay. Let's push this over this way. And we're going to cut this out here. Get rid of that. Get rid of this. So there's a nice little house for Radagast right there. Poor John. John's abandoned us. <laughs> he's he's fled in terror. He couldn't he couldn't handle the truth. 
John's just not used to hard things and supple stuff. Yeah, so. <laughs> I do. I did it just to you put your headphones on on purpose. I love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I think yeah, we'll just uh, here grab our sculpting tool. We got a little bit of water here somewhere. <clears throat> just a bit. Uh, I suggest you, you drink more, John. Well, we'll we'll have him drinking a lot by the end of this. That's for sure. <laughs> Take my sculpting tool, get this more integrated. There. And you can already see that's starting to turn lighter. As soon as that gets lighter, that means it's starting to cure, set, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's it's doing it. Is it changing colors? I couldn't tell. Yeah, there's a little bit right here along the edge of it. Oh, it's okay. much easier to see when it's the darker stuff. Yeah. When it's the white. I think there's what a terracotta color too, or something like that. That also is not uh, that's not too bad either, as far as being able to actually see what the heck is going on. Now let me find this once again. Grab some of this, and um, we're gonna. Miss Wapple wanted to state that there is something as a shrinkage for air dry clay. The Daz air dry clay. Do you do you find that there's always a shrinkage with it? Uh, it depends on how cold it is, um, but that's uh. That's how much shrinkage you'll get. It's it's weird because uh, was it Mel the Terrain Tutor? He was the I never heard of this stuff before until I saw him using it, and he kept talking about you know well it it can shrink and it can crack. That was the other thing he really emphasized too. He had shown a few ways of preventing that from happening, but I've never actually had it crack or anything. Uh, I haven't really well I haven't measured the shrinkage so to speak, but since I'm just using it for things like this, it seems to work out okay. And obviously, it, it seemed to work out okay here, too, because it hasn't kind of shrunk away from the edges. I'm sure there's some. My guess is in the wintertime, when your house is really dry because the furnace is going all the time, that's probably a more it – could, it could possibly crack then because it's just going to dry out that much faster. Uh, what Mel, the terrain tutor, actually, he uh, he would take wet – paper towels and actually put that over his Daz air tray or dry clay to slow the drying a little bit to kind of even it out and he said that would prevent it wouldn't shrink as much and it certainly wouldn't crack but of course he you know, I don't know I've actually started sculpting with it I would use it instead of say I don't know epoxy sculpt but the more I've used that stuff the more amazed that I've been so look at this so Radagast now has that little little hole for him to stand in, but it's now surrounded by rocks and gravel and texture. And all it was is a bunch of junk, right? It was a little bit of the uh, some of our bulletin board cork, a couple of pieces of mulch right here. Very very simple. Uh, that's that's what I love about this stuff. You don't need a ton of different things. You don't necessarily need expensive things. What I would like to see is, oh, could I get this one? Nah, I'm just going to leave him as open as possible so it's just easier to get him the heck out of here. So I'm just going to take him out of there, get some of that junk out of there, and make sure there's nothing attached to his base. You don't have any yeah. rabbits to put on there because that would be actually kind of cool to have. Like uh, a rabbit I, didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to print any of the uh, Make It Epic bunnies. Uh, my, my printing has basically been shut down since May, unfortunately. But that's why I thought I got these birdies right here. 
and maybe we could incorporate some of these. I know they're not necessarily going to be the easiest thing to see on camera. Well, I'm just saying because it would fit really well with, you know, the bunny rabbit and type theme with him. Oh, I totally wanted to have some bunnies on this thing. It's just, unfortunately, there was uh, there was no time to print anything. Um, the temperature kind of is okay now for printing. It really wasn't for weeks. But, yeah, I've, I'm trying to think. I think the last time I printed anything was maybe the first week of May. It's probably the last time I had a chance to print anything. Let me see if I can get just one last little bit. I see, guess what? There's another little gap right over there. And also, this thing around the rock, too, looks a little bit funky. Well, we just literally have a tree growing out of a rock. So uh, how's about we put some soil there for Mr. Tree to grow out of? And we'll get some stuff to fill in our gap over here. So, yeah, I think if you're living maybe in a really hot, dry climate, then the, the Daz Air Dry Clay, it could be shrinking that much more on you. I don't know if you live in Florida or something like that. Maybe it's really not going to be that much of a problem. <laughs> you might have a heck of a time getting it uh, to dry. That, that might be a bigger problem for you. Or whatever place where there's lots of humidity. All right, there we go. That is much better. Oh, humidity, okay. Yeah, so kind of like anything else, right? It, it can play havoc with your miniature paint. Uh, it, it may not dry or it may dry a heck of a lot faster depending on, you know, humidity levels and that sort of thing. Now, of course, any other gaps, like there's one back there on that tree branch, but that's going to be foliage. Some of that's going to be foliage. And again, here, the edge of this base, so you can see, I think, does it show up on camera? Let me take a quick look here. Uh, unfortunately, Skype doesn't let me zoom in as much as I would like. But there's an edge right there. No problem. I'm going to have a bunch of foliage right there. And it's just going to be hanging over the edge. Once he's on this diorama, you'll never see that edge. And since it's on the base, it's going to come with him. He'll still be completely gameable because he's hanging over the base as it is. And you can see now he's uh, he's in a good spot. He's not quite centered. The tree, a little bit behind him. I mean, I could have put a painted backdrop back here, I guess, if I really, really wanted to. Now, there is this little guy right here, and I was thinking of popping this right over here somewhere. Ah, I think right here. Let me see if I can do this with maybe some super glue. And it's a little uh, plant. One of the ones that you saw on the, the Elks. There we go. Nice little plant right there. Uh, this guy, I was tempted to stick him over here. Maybe I don't need to. Sometimes uh, too much is too much. But this, to me, looks pretty well integrated. These aren't going to want to spin so much anymore. Now, as far as the foliage goes, there's a couple of options for that. Uh, what is this? It's a super moss, all-purpose moss mat. I just got this off of Amazon. I use this for jungle foliage as well. So potentially something like this could look like a fir tree. Uh, uh, there's also Woodland Scenics Fine Foliage. Now, that stuff's going to be pricier. A package of that's going to be about 20 bucks on Amazon-ish, something like that. But it's really, really amazing stuff. Now, there are some mushrooms here. I'm also looking to at 745. I don't know if you need to get to your media section or not. Nope. 8 o'clock. Okay. Oh, 8 o'clock. Okay. So here's a uh, – now, these are from Pelinor. Twerk it, Kathy. Twerk it. Oh, that's – 
you you can't see, but I've been doing that like for the last half hour. That's a, that's why we don't have a face cam, so to speak. Here, I'm gonna get rid of some of the extra junk here. So I got a couple little small plants, and again we got some shrooms right here. I'm just gonna see if I can't drop these mushrooms right here. Now they're gonna be tough to see. But just put some right there. Now let me see if I've got ah this guy here. Yep. So see these little uh, shrooms right here on this base? Those are also from Pelinor. And I've got a, a couple of these type of deal. And they're really fun. Uh, I didn't resize them at all. I pretty much just left them at the size that, that they had them. So again, some, some little shrooms around here. Something fun. I think we'll put... Oh, look, see, there's always shrooms around that tree stump. So I think we could incorporate some shrooms right over here. Another little batch. Uh, the printer was a Sonic Mini 4K. And uh, we're using the Soraya Smoky Black resin. It's the simple. Uh, what I like about this is that you don't need the 90% alcohol to clean it. You can just use the regular 70% that you got in your house. And uh, that and water Wait. is enough. Wait, you don't have Everclear in your house? I don't <laughs> clean that shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Getting that 99% is was at one point almost impossible to get. That was another reason why I started using the you know this stuff, because it was just like, well, how the heck can I get this other stuff? But uh, it's weird. I mean, unrelated thing. I was looking at prices on Amazon and all this other stuff. It just went like 20 to 25% higher, everything in my cart yep. from yesterday to today. I was like, what the heck happened? I'm glad I got that stuff when I did because I was just because a lot of these things I get off of Amazon, right? The bulletin board, cork, all of that. Now, what the heck just happened with Amazon? Why is everything just gotten suddenly very expensive? And was it just me? It's probably just when they write, when they have the system set to change their prices. It's probably ah, just okay. RNG there. You just happen to have it in your cart when the prices changed overnight or something. But it was so many items. Okay, here's one more shroom. It's going to go right over there. Let's make sure we got this pointed the right way. Where, which, oh, that way. And in you go. And then we'll grab some of our favorite hummus again. Poof, there it is. You can see there's little bits of static grass in there, chopped up foam, whatever. Boom. So there we go. A nice integrated forest base. And Radagast can come out there. You know, if, if you want, we can try and paint him up on stream next week or on the on the podcast if, if you don't have any other guests or something like that. Or we'll just wait until uh, some other time to paint him up. But now here's a... So do you want to do uh, how to paint Earth Tones? Uh, we can certainly do that, because well, he's Radagast the brown, after all. He's not Radagast the fuchsia, pink, or turquoise, or anything like that. So. Turquoise. But again, he's your Radagast, so you can be whatever color you want. He's It's your Radagast, your way. So here, yep. this is, uh, if we we're going to do another diorama, I can just do this while we're, uh, while we're doing the media segment. 
she doesn't have a base per se. Now she does. And that's just a piece of bark right there. Bark, bark, bark. So, because now we've got something that we can't hear. Let's, uh, let's take Mr. Radagast over here and we'll just chuck him somewhere else. Where the heck can he go? He'll just go over here for right now. And look at here, we got another another plaque, and we got more basing bits from Pelinor. Which way are we going to do this thing? We're going to go this way here. Oh, I just uh, I heard voices. I think Kathy must be doing a hangout in the other room or something. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and last I uh, saw she was on here. I, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe some of the podcast guests are just in the house now. They're in the house. Under the stairs. Under the stairs. That's, so uh, was it? Oh, glittering caves. That's 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 the thing we're trying to do here. So glittering caves with uh, Aowen here. Where did my little thing of all my other glittering cave bits go? Where did you guys end up? There you are. Let's not spill those on the floor. So I think these two are both the same. Uh, I tried to. Oh, it's really hard to find pictures of this. It is really, really difficult for, because uh, it's just a scene that they never included. They filmed some of it. They never put it to music. Some of the orcs, they're in their suits, but they don't have their masks on. So it's it's literally like an urukai with a human head on it. It's there. <laughs> it's it's kind of a hilarious thing to watch, actually. Now here, let me see if I can find. There's there's some tree bark here. So here's some more of our lovely tree bark which we want to maybe use to incorporate around our Eowyn right here. Now we want this to kind of be flowing in the same direction. This will be a little bit tricky, so that's why I've got things like, again, the bulletin board cork. So we can build that up around her. We got some more of the tree bark, and then, of course, we have all of this mulchy stuff right here. Or we could use some of this. The The issue, though, is it's all kind of at angles. Technically, it's really meant to go this way, straight up and down, and not this way. But maybe we can still make this work here for the for the floor. And eh, Maybe we can. Maybe we can. And, and again, you can do a little bit of sculpting with the Daz there directly. That's what I kind of wanted to show with this one here, is that you can actually use it for a bit of sculpting. In fact, you know what? Let's get some of our moist clay. And before it gets all hard and rigid, let's see if we can actually create some shapes with it. So again, here we're just going to use our fingers and cup this right like so and get some of our clay out here. Pop it back into our bag. Uh, I, I don't know if some folks put this in their fridge because some people do that with green stuff or whatever. They'll put it in their refrigerator for a while. Now, if you look at some of the Make It Epic basing videos, the little snippets on their uh, Instagram channel, they'll actually use, I think it's probably epoxy sculpt, and they'll sculpt something and they'll just stick this stuff on top of it. That's kind of what we're going to do here is just blammo. <laughs> it's going to pop this baby on here. Start working this. Like, uh, like my so. system for storing stuff like that is actually the same for storing paints. Is get yourself just a big cooler bag or something and keep your stuff you're not using in that because it'll help just a little bit. 
Because I, I can totally see that. Yeah, I've got one I used to use for gaming. I use it for hobby stuff now. It, it works pretty well. Keeps it from getting too dry when it's hot. You just make sure you keep it somewhat temperate place and check on it once in a while if it gets too hot. Not what I had been tempted to do was to find some Urukai miniatures and try and uh, you know have some Urukai coming after. I said, ah, maybe that's a little... That might be a little too difficult to do. All right, here. So now I can start to just position some of this stuff around her. Where's my big one here? Here's my big one. I think that's well, the one we've got. Legion, that's the same thing. Your Steinerus primers won't get too cold if they're in a cooler bag because it'll protect both ways. Insulation works both ways. Keeps it from getting too cold, keeps it from getting too hot. Uh, let's see. Do we, do we want one like that or do we want one like this? I think we want one more like this here. Mm, ah, there we go. That's better. That's more like it. That's a ticket. And now I got a whole bunch of these little guys here. We can just start to integrate these all around. Hmm. Maybe like that. I don't know. I'm gonna start getting me some glue on these guys so that we can make sure they don't be they don't fall around all over the place here. So a little glue there. Little glue on this guy. So I knew this one wasn't gonna take quite as much uh, of an effort as that forest one, where we just had stuff all over the place. Okay, let's pull this down. So you can see how I've done that. Look at this. Okay, we pull her away. I might just leave it like that because stick her in there. She's literally just not going anywhere. So that's going to be pretty much locked in place. Now this, no, that's too similar to what we had. Now, I might try to get some of my tree bark in here now. Oh, where's my knife? There it is. So we'll just cut some of this. Some tree bark here. Don't want any straight edges. Okay, so there's a nice little shape right there. And it's going to mirror what we've got already on our AON figure. So this figure is really old. Actually, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't know if Ford Fitch is uh, keeping us company here, but Ford was kind enough at Adepticon. He had heard that I'd wanted to paint this particular AON figure for years and years and years. And he was kind enough to, to bring that set to Adepticon. So thank you so much, Ford, for supplying that. Oh, heck, I've got that model in my box of good D&D figures. Ah, it's, uh, well, it's, let's see, it's part of the set also has Haldir and Legolas, mm -hmm. and yep. it's got uh, gambling in it, too. I don't think it, you know, it doesn't have Lurts. That that's one of the things that I'm still I still don't have is alerts. Obviously, I've got basically some 3D printed ones. I think printing goes that we're on basically did a schmertz, um, as as we call him. All right, now I think that the glue might just hold enough there. All right, somewhere here I've got this, and somewhere I had some water. There it is. Here I'm just gonna pour some water in this. Like Pour so. Some water over me. Well, it doesn't work. No, really. And now I'm going to start to do just a little bit of sculpting here. 
Uh, hopefully this shows up on camera. Yeah, you can see it. So here, say I'm just going to make another little layer out of this. And we'll just make layer after layer and sort of mimic what the texture is on those 3D printed bits. I'll check another box, Jim. I might have Lurch hanging about. He's a good D&D model. So I think he might be in a figure case somewhere, not in this box. So I'll check, see what I got. Uh, good old, good old Lurch. Um, it's, it's just weird in all the years to play in Lord of the Rings. I never actually uh, painted. The only Aowen figure I ever get a chance to paint outside of the new plastic one was an Aowen figure that I sculpted back in 2004, something like that. That's the oh. only other Aowen figure I ever got a chance to paint. So that was kind of looking forward to, to this one right here. I figured we'd paint this one up on stream. There. So again, just to, this, I was amazed at how easy this stuff is to sculpt. I've sculpted tree texture out of it, uh, some stumps, branches, whatever. So that's really cool. And, of course, I was really, really, really pleased about being able to make those desert bases. Because mm -hmm. I tried a few other times with other materials that sort of were okay. But, oh gosh, not really easy to deal with and not even all that strong. But the desert dry clay, it's pretty solid stuff. Once it dries, once it's rock hard and not moist and flaccid anymore, it is really strong. We'll just cut some of that away and uh, move that over here. So I think oh, it's time for a media segment. I'll just keep on sculpting here while media segment happens. First, giveaway. Oh, yeah, we have our giveaway. G -g -g giveaway. So let's go over to our dashboard. All right, guys, last chance to put in some tickets. If you haven't done it, make sure you do it now because we're going to stop it. It's going to give you about a minute or so to do that. And then we will get that going. Type thing. As we watch Jim do his cool little tricks with his mushing around of clay. Making sure his tool is nice and moist so it doesn't uh, stick to things. You want it to be able to slide around. You don't want it to get jammed up or anything. All right, 10, 6, 3, done. And here we go. We are going to pick our winner. John, drum roll, please. Ah, uh, nah. <laughs> hey, but ah. what you win? <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, everyone in chat, guess my favorite battle mech from uh, Battletech. Whoever is closest will get that. I don't think anyone actually knows, but whoever's closest. I mean in general, not necessarily mech warrior online, in case Legion's trying to be silly. Oh. It's not actually a battle. So funny, it's not actually a battle mech, but it is one of the vehicles I very much liked. 
Uh, I know uh, Flint is there, and he could probably do a guess. We <laughs> serve you the kid. The kid fox. Fuck. The Uller. God damn. <laughs> Flint, you definitely win for for furthest from. But no, uh, unless anyone else has a guess. What are we guessing? Anyone else enter? My my favorite battle mech. Uh, Irby. That is what Bowie guessed. Then I'm going to guess uh, Warhammer. That is what Legion guessed. Oh. So Captain Easy, my alt name was that because it was the Striker pack, which had uh, different mechs in it. But Sorry, did anyone else uh, had anyone else uh, entered who hasn't guessed uh, Gonzo? Mm-hmm. I wasn't keeping track of the raffle as it went. I figured you might be. <clears throat> no. Okay. Well, uh, Legion is the closest, as he actually named uh, what I would call number three favorite battle mech. Which was it? Which was the Warhammer. Yeah, that's my favorite mech. Number two is the Marauder. And number one is actually the Battlemaster. So there you go. Wolverine, though, Sarge. Wolverine is one of my, is in the top ten. But the Shadowhawk beats it out for that side stuff. It's just because... I am a fan of the uh, Dugram armor, as you can tell by this guy. So, there you go. Legion gets it. Legion, um, send me an email address or send me a message, and I will get you that code for you. Um, you I was. Me. Funny is, I was like putting it in just to to test to make sure everything worked. Because <laughs> Flint was having such a problem. Yeah, I think it it only allows you to put in so many times. Gotcha. Is what it was. Yeah. I, it's got to be something built into the system because I, I didn't build it in. Yeah, so. Uh, so, Legionnaires, uh, get a hold of me and I will get you uh, the gift certificate. It's just a code and you get a $50 gift certificate to TurboDork. Next week, I will reek into my sack and pull out a goodie for y'all to have and you can play with whatever I give you. All right, let's go into the media section. Finishing up his base. Uh, before we start on that, I do want to note that there was some gaming news I had mentioned. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, uh, apparently, uh, Catalyst Games Labs decided not to keep their number one Battletech uh, writer on. Oh, yeah, you mentioned uh, this. Yeah, and now there's a lot of background, but let's just say what we think. The most credible idea... Uh, is not actually his political beliefs, which are his own. And he's very vocal on them, which, you know, is what it is. But he had actually announced a Kickstarter that looked to be basically a directly competing IP, new IP that he was making. So that is probably much more likely why. Because there's a lot of misinformation going around. He's spreading misinformation. I just want to make sure it's clear as to what we think the cause is. We'll never know the real cause because they're not going to share that. It's not, not their place. They don't want to hurt him and getting new contracts or anything you know it's not how they want to go so but that seems the most likely uh but do not mourn this guy he uh he basically fucked around and found out he'll be okay Battletech will be okay it's all good it's all good it's all good and he is not like to be my opinion not the podcast opinion he is not the kind of person you want repping your game anyways Um, so I wanted to talk about something. 
that I watched this week. Um, and I finally got through all of it. And uh, if Kathy is still in there, uh, I finished the third season of Legendary, which is the ballroom dancing competition, uh, aka ballroom as an underground, not the twin around with. Uh, what's the best way to it? Your standard, what you would think of ballroom uh, dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. It was a lot of fun, a lot of cool things. Um, uh, there was a whole new uh, set of people, set of houses. Uh, it wasn't the same houses as last year, so it was a whole new set of people, which was cool because, you know, you don't want to have stagnant stuff. Um, but it was really good. A lot of cool dancing, a lot of cool uh, props. And, oh, my gosh, the props and the um, set pieces were amazing this year. Uh, the dancing was really good. Uh, there was a lot of drama on it and a lot of uh, shade being thrown around, but it was really, really good. Uh, you really can't give a – it's a reality competition, so, I mean, you really can't give a – in my opinion, it, I don't know if you want to say a rating because it's – You give know, a rating? How amusing was it? Yeah, it was It was a lot of fun. I, had, I was zero pretty much if you want to do that. But, I mean, there's like, – Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we wouldn't say it was like, oh, you know. But, I mean, like this, production value no, was really good. I mean, it's um, all about how amusing it is. At a certain point, yeah. we give movies that are ostensibly not high-quality filmmaking higher ratings they deserve because they're amusing. Yeah. But it was a blast. I enjoyed it very much. So especially coming near the end, it was pretty uh, pretty cool stuff going on. I highly recommend it if you like cool dancing and drama between contestants because they throw a lot of shade at each other. <laughs> and that it's is, kind of funny. <laughs> that is not my cup of tea. No. But I mean, I liked it because it was a lot of cool, cool stuff to watch, and it's a lot of good scene. Um, John, what did you do this week? What What do you got for this week? Uh, all I have this week is I watched uh, the fourth or fifth episode of Halo. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get back and catch up with stuff. I, I'm still enjoying it. Like I know people were up in arms. It's not following whatever story. What I'm, I literally was like, oh shit, it's over already. Fuck, that wasn't. It was. It is good sci-fi. They're taking the time to build stuff, uh, flesh out things. It's it's very interesting. Um, the funny thing is I actually almost find the B story, if you will. Uh, I don't know if they were new to or not, Legion, but uh, the, uh, the B story so far, I think, is slightly more interesting than the A story. Even though the A story is about the Halo, the B story is just like good sci-fi stuff, you know. Uh, so we'll see. I'm going to try and finish it up, uh, you know, up in my next thing. I need to get these series back in and finish them up so I can start. I don't always say catching up with stuff because I'm never going to catch up, but at least get what I want to watch watched. So that one's looking good. I'll try and get that done. I mean, I can say try and get it done this week. We'll say should only be four or five more episodes. So um, should have just a let you know, Legionnaires, it did get renewed for another season. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I think the people who didn't like it were the vocal minority. You know? And honestly, we have a dearth of, I don't, actually, I can't say we have a dearth of good sci-fi. We actually have a fuck ton of good sci-fi right now. Oh, yeah. Just a lot of them are on hiatus right now. Well, the problem is most of them are on Paramount Plus. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, I know that the show that I was watching, I can't remember it, uh, with uh, J.K. Simmons on it got canceled. Yep. And I was like, dang it. It had some really uh, cool stuff at the end, but I get it. I'm not surprised. I think it's because it's not what people want from sci-fi right now. Yeah. I think everyone's trying to chase the uh, expanse. You want 
that good combination of what everyone wants. I can't argue. I'm like hip deep in Battletech right now. So, well, actually, no, technically, I'm still reading Dragonlance, but <laughs> otherwise, I'm hip deep in Battletech. Yeah. So, so I mean, what is that? Any, uh, what was I saw a meme, you know, as an 80s child, I will never say there's not enough fantasy, sci fi, Star Wars, hero, superhero. I will never complain about that. Well, fantasy is actually the one that's the hardest. Yeah. You know, I know, uh, Season three of The Witcher had to stop production because uh, Henry Cavill's got uh, COVID. Yuck. So they're stopping for that. Uh, I mean, I'm still not done with season one, but season one is good quality. I didn't stop because of quality. I stopped because fuck you and your fucking not stuff in order, motherfuckers. <laughs> I ain't got the mental capacity for that all the time. At least not without you warning me in advance. But I'll finish that one also. It's good. Uh, the Willow series is coming out. Interested in that. It actually looks like it might be closer to the uh, sequel books than I thought it would be. See, I, I never we'll read see. the sequel, so I'm I'm really interested in that show. So, now, the sequel books, if you're like an X-Men fan and the fan of Chris Claremont and the, the let's just say, his tropes, you'll probably like them. It's not what you expect at all, though. Um, and I think it fits because of the unlikelihood of getting Val Kilmer back. I mean, he's not in yeah. the shape where you can do that. I mean, seeing him in fucking uh, Top Gun Maverick was great, but you could see it's rough. Oh, yeah. Was it's he too uh, bad. Was Mad Mardigan in the, the sequel books a lot? No. Oh, okay, so there's no reason... Yeah, so we'll see what it goes with. I mean, it is a look at it's a little kind of a product of design, kind of product of what Chris Claremont likes to write. But I found them interesting. I'm I looking forward to it. I think they won't go entirely it... like that, but I think they'll go similar. I mean, and remember, Willow was the best fantasy movie until Lord of the Rings came out. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this because the trailers I've seen they look fun as shit. Yeah, it looks it looks like good fantasy, you know, fun. Yeah, I'll do respect to Kathy. Uh, yeah, Beastmaster was not the best fantasy movie. <laughs> Although, honestly, it was in the high end, which is just sort of says how good a fantasy movies were not. Because let's be honest, we were holding up Conan the Destroyer as a good fantasy movie when really, I mean, really, it's not. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's fantasy and sure, it's fun. But is it good? Is it? Probably not. Jim, did you get to watch anything this week? All I've really had a chance to see is a bit more info on the, the Rings of Power stuff because they had the interviews with the showrunners and the actors and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, was it was a bit uneven, to say the least. There was uh, there, there was some things that were a little bit just, oh, my gosh, really, that I, I saw there just, uh, again, making me worried for yep. September 2nd. Just, just well, yeah. A little bit of worry because they did fire the uh, their their consultant, but uh, from what I hear, their consultant was basically fighting them on everything they wanted to do. They're like, "This, sure, this is what Tolkien wrote, but this is not going to sell." It's the it's the hell of it, you know. People forget, like, yeah, they want to make it as close to Tolkien as they can, but they have to err on the side of selling it. They are a making a product, technically. Tom Bombadil. Yeah. It I mean, I don't know anyone's opinion. We actually talked about Tom Bombadil on Saturday and like, yes, Tom Bombadil, he exists in the book. Is he important to the movie trilogy? No. 
Sorry. Would have been cool if he was on there? Sure. Yeah. He's he's great world building that there's stuff like this about. Like if they'd run into someone else like him that was just odd and weirdly powerful and like what the hell, sure, you would need to have him in there as a setup, like, oh hey, we met this guy in, in you know in the first movie who's weird and powerful, and then we meet this guy later who's weird and powerful, but it's not really set up for anything. It's set up for a world. Like that's Tolkien's fucking gift is world building. Yeah. More than anything else, he just builds a fucking world. The, the well, it's it's something I have I have to tell folks. Well, like this, okay, this base basing and stuff like that. If I'm doing this on a Twitch stream, it will get one third the amount of people as this, because there's fiery OSL and people see this when they're just perusing by. They go, "What the hell yep. is that?" This they go, attention. "What the hell is that?" So, and I've I've seen it over and over again. I love doing this. This to me is way different. I've I've done this a thousand times a day. I've never done this before. You are literally seeing something I have never done in 22 years of doing miniatures right here. This has never been done before because I've never had these kind of bits before. This combining of the the tree bark and the mulch and the the dazzard clay never did this before. This I've done this four times this week. <laughs> once in 22 years, once in the last five minutes. But this is what's going to get the eyeballs because eyeballs like flamey things. And it, it's uh, it's kind of a bummer because I would love to do more stuff like this, but it also doesn't uh, doesn't bring in the eyeball, sadly. So what you're telling me is this is stuff like that that you like to make is why clickbait exists. When I see, of course, when I first started to really understand what uh, thumbnails were on YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and then I started to notice that everybody's thumbnail was them making some kind of weird face with some kind of weird title, and then you go to watch the video, and there is less than one-tenth of one percent of in the video of what their 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 stupid uh, thumbnail says it is yep and that's irritating to say the least on, I don't click on clickbait anymore I'm just like mm-hmm. nope that's clickbait I don't care don't show me this anymore and I move on if you have a cool title like if you said you know you know underground you know caves based for uh playable AO and I'd be like oh that is interesting to me I, I will take a look but I'm weird on that i don't just get drawn visually i also get drawn by the description but i'm a i'm a, I'm a wily youtube veteran by now that was uh, yeah it's it's been a little bit disappointing over yeah. the course of the last years to, to realize that people are just literally doing these stupid titles and stuff that have nothing to do with what the video is about but yep, especially let gonzo talk about his media stuff well let, let, let's be honest i don't know if you read comic books back in the day but that was every comic book ever how many comic books you get where the covers does something and then you're like, this doesn't even happen in this comic book. Nothing close to this happens in the comic book. <laughs> it is like comic books were the mass, the original master of the clickbait style bait and switch opening. Like, like more power to them back then they had to. But it's amusing. It's amusing to think about now. Yeah, Gonzo, what else did you watch? Um, I really didn't get a lot to watch this week. I was really busy. Um, that's a rarity. Yeah, I know it, it's one being sick. And so I've been going to bed really, mm-hmm. really early. Um, but I did watch, uh, the newest season of forged in fire, which is okay. always, always a fun series to watch. Uh, I've always been fascinated with blacksmithing stuff anyway. Um, it's always a cool little, you know, mm-hmm. I would never, never do it myself just because, uh, there's a lot of startup and a lot to do it. And, but, I always like watching it and seeing it and like 
learning more than anything because they do a lot of history stuff on there too about you know weapons which is really cool yeah uh, which i think is great because it's not just let's make you know random sword 101 it goes no we're you're going to make a sword that was you know used in this african tribe and they talk about the african tribe and so i thought it was you know that's always really fun to me uh mm -hmm. expanding knowledge and expanding uh everything i know about different different stuff but i mean it's always neat to watch um to see, see people take shit materials and make something cool out of it. Um, because they always give them like, you know, really hard stuff to make weapons with. Um, but I mean, I, I like the series. They did have a new host this season, which I didn't care too much for, but you know, I ignored that and played more on, you know, what was, what was happening and you know what was going on. Um, and it's always neat to see them take those weapons and just beat the ever living fuck out of them. And see if they'll break. Okay. And what so was how you tell quality. Oh yeah, and it's and it's learning about stuff too. It's just learning. You know, like this is the reason why your weapon broke. Your grain is too big, or you had a shunt, or you know, whatever type thing. Um, but that was like thirty episodes. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was a long season. Not um, those thirty episodes anymore. In fact, we had to lament. Someone's like, "I want like a you know standard twenty-four episode season of X." I'm like, "You're just not going to get that anymore." No, that's, that's, that's not what they do anymore. Yeah, but I mean, it was really neat to see and really cool. I really like it. Um, I give it like a one because there was just some episodes. You know, you're just like, "All right, hurry up," type thing. But I mean, it was good and solid. Um, like I said, I, I enjoy watching people make stuff. There's very few reality TV shows I like to watch, and that's a reality competition, but it's not a douchey reality TV show. It's mm -hmm. it's it's a learning and competition mm -hmm. and crafting show, and I I, re I really uh, like that. So that's something I thought was really really fun. Awesome. Uh, I did finish the first book of. Uh... Dragonlance oh. Chronicles. Uh, still enjoy it all this, uh, you know, years later. Um, and I'm reading it in the edited Chronicles, which I've read before, but mm -hmm. I love reading the little tips and stuff. But I did see when I started the second book that I can't loan this to my friend at work because it has spoilers. Oh. So uh, as a problem solver, I just ordered a, a copy of the trilogy and gave it to her, like, here, Mary, whatever, and enjoy <laughs> then tell her though she has to tell me her favorite character from however far she reads and i'm guessing it's gonna be tasselhoff burfoot that's because taz is the shit because most people love tasselhoff burfoot yes. uh, but no I'm, I'm enjoying this getting not getting as much time to read as i want but uh i still enjoy it all these years later um you know this is basically my lord of the rings with my introduction to fantasy it's what got me interested in uh, I'm really interested in D and D. I mean, I played, got a little bit of D and D, but it's what really got me into D and D. Yeah. Um, oh, the younger twin. You mean uh, Carmen? Yeah. Carmen really gets his due in the Legends trilogy. I think that's there. Ooh. Sergeant there was Flint, uh, sir. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, see, mine was Sturm. When I when I first read the series, Sturm was my favorite to start off with. Because I, I really liked that, you know, the knightly order thing and doing good no matter what. And no, stuff I, like I, that. I love I love the challenges he faces. Like, I love the character building in him where he's got to balance his oath with what sometimes goes on. 
Yeah, and I, and oh, I you've really... not you've not read Stur- you've not read Dragonlance. Oh my! So I mean, and he he was he was my favorite for the longest. And rereading it, he's still one of my favorites. But Taz and Flit's chemistry in the book is just too fucking good. It's of just course, amazing. Banyan likes Reistlin because Banyan likes Reistlin. <laughs> I I know how this ends. <laughs> I mean, I like no, uh, all the characters. They're all they're all great in this. I don't I don't think any character to me. I mean, even even if the characters are a shit heel, they're still cool characters. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that aren't fleshed out as enough. Totally, like better as the books go on too. Like the yeah. first book, they were much closer. They even say it like they were much. They were running the camp the uh, the game and writing the book based kind of loosely off what they did in the game. And then after the first book, that shit went out the window and they were just writing it because it found its direction. Um, I will say, since I'm reading it, uh, if you do read it again, between book one and two, you should read a book <coughs> called Stormblade. It is uh, Heroes Volume 2. It is really, it is, I mean, I hate to say this, it's probably my actual favorite book. Just because the way everything goes, like, because it's, it's like writing Rogue One between things you don't know if any of the characters are going to live or die because they don't show up again in the series and it's okay because they can tell the story they want to tell that's actually pertinent to the main storyline at least where they are there and it's super good i'm actually go back and well i'll read it afterwards i don't need to read it in order anymore i know it all by heart and still i still like some parts i don't remember necessarily as close but i remember the broad strokes of everything easily yeah when i re-listened to it because I, I did an audiobook of it instead of rereading it i was like man i don't remember this you know when i first originally read it but i read it when it first came out type thing so i mean mm-hmm. it's been 50 billion years and this is always like people are like oh, i want my fantasy game to be lord of the rings i want my fantasy game to be dragon lance yeah and that's why i always said dragon lance playing in dragon lance we always tried it's a trap you really have to have a good GM who knows what they're doing and can work you in because I hate to say it, you're not going to do any of the major things because they're all already set in stone. It's like, you know, playing Star Wars. You're not going to blow up the Death Star. We know how that happens. But that doesn't mean Rogue One style, you didn't do something important on the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious because, like I said, one of the things um, they are bringing out Dragon Lance as a setting. And. Uh, Yes, Fizzman came from Dragonlance. Yes, um, I, I I'm kind of curious to see how, how 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 they do it and what they're going to do because it's not the saga of the Lance area. It's either it's got to be some future setting. Yeah, I think we'll see. I, but I feel like Dragonlance is of its time in the setting period. Once you pass that, it's not as interesting. You know. Yeah. Like I feel like once you get through Legends. The Legends trilogy. I think at that point you're like, sure, there's plenty of stories to be told, but they're not as interesting. Yeah. You know, you got to make it interesting. You're gonna, you have to work hard. Like for example, like technically speaking, without the characters being amazing, the whole Mandalorian, the area Mandalorians in, isn't as interesting as the actual rebellion. But the characters and the little story they're telling within it is. Yeah. So you can do it, but you have to really work at it. So. That's hard for a game. Um, Jeez. 
I don't like any trailers. All the trailers came out last week. Yeah, (laughs) there wasn't much. Uh, I did notice that in um, there was a snippet for the new Deadpool, and he's wearing the uh, yellow suit. Okay. Um, Was it yellow and brown or whatever? And I'm kind of curious why they're going. Interested to see how that's going to go with that. I mean, yeah, it'll be weird. Um. I, prefer I don't know if we mentioned last time. Apparently, they're going to do Man of Steel two. For fuck's sake, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we did. Like I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you like Man of Steel, more power to you. There was some interest in it, but it was not a good movie. Um, and, and there was a discussion on on Twitter of you know telling Superman stories. Someone's like, "Well, you can't tell a good Superman story because he's got no weaknesses and this and this and this." I'm like, "No, Superman is a story of what if a man had all the power." And he wanted to altruistically help people. And the reason they can't write it, because the average person doesn't fucking understand that, because if they got all the power, they'd be an absolute fucking raging asshole. A.K.A. Homelander from the boys. Sort of. And that's actually funny. Someone else mentioned like, hey, you know, hey, you've done all this. You've done what if Superman didn't have any morals, a.k.a. Homelander. Why don't you try and do Superman with morals? I'm like, that's like for a quick twitter post that is harsh as fuck <laughs> there's a lot of those going around too i won't go to them because they're political but uh yeah but look oh nope we did get a trailer which one stallone's superhero movie i didn't see it you didn't see it no nope. it's uh i caught it on amazon like i was on amazon or youtube or something and it just showed up uh the fuck is it called damn it my brain stopped uh, Samaritan, something like that. No, Samaritan, yeah, it's coming out this year. It looks interesting. Uh, I think I, you know, Bainey and I watched it. I'm like, I am interested in seeing this. It's it feels a little like uh, Unbreakable, but less M Night Shyamalan, which is weird because that's like his second best movie. Yeah. Though I would say it's got better rewatchability than his first movie, but any but his best movie, but anyways. Um, but no, it looks interesting as heck. I, I I'll take a look at it. I didn't say it. you have to link it to me. That way I can I mean, check it out. You, you can find it. It's everywhere. Is it, it's, it's not on our channel, so it's not everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. <laughs> you just didn't see it. Stop living in a fucking cave, man. Yeah, I did know. I did. I've been so busy. Good gosh. I've been so busy with some stuff for getting everything from Warfare Weekend done to painting stuff and printing stuff. I got it. So, thank you. you I think small media sections, but uh, I'm actually looking to try and get the time. I want to do a triple feature. I want to watch the original Clash of the Titans, the remake, and then the sequel to the remake. Mm. so I don't remember hating the remake I mean it's not the original because it's CGI not right here it has I mean yeah. let's be honest but I don't remember it being bad I remember it being short and a little you know like it was a little short but I didn't remember it being bad so I want to rewatch that then I want to watch the sequel but I want to start off with the original because I love the original and on the bright side, I own all these movies, so I don't have to wait to see if they're on anywhere. <laughs> There's a bunch of movies I'll see when they're free. You know, I have a lot of friends who aren't seeing movies because COVID still is the thing you need to worry a little bit about. Yep. 
Uh, you know, Marshall just saw Top Gun, which he said he thought was the best flying scenes he'd ever seen and an absolute ridiculous plot. <laughs> I like that's fair enough. So we'll have to see. Okay. Um, that's pretty much it, guys. We appreciate everybody coming out and listening and watching. Um, John, do you have anybody on your list over there that we should be rating? The only thing I have is Monster Den Minis. Um, no. Oh, yeah, no, I like mean, a a, everyone who's it. everyone who's on right now are MechWarrior Online only guys, and I'm not really sure <laughs> this is the crowd for that. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, guys, we'll send you over to Monster Den Minis. Make sure you go over there and say hi to him and uh, give a like and a share and all that stuff and make sure it's all copacetic. But again, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, thank you for coming out. Um, of course, thanks, Jim, for bringing and showing all of his cool talents. Uh Maybe we'll have him on next week and we can talk about painting um, earth tones and stuff Thanks like that. Thanks for having me on. This this is, I'm really loving this thing right here. This is very fun. <laughs> it's looking great. Yeah, it's like you went from like, here's a blank plant to holy shit. Yeah, it, in, in a media section. Yeah, type thing. So guys, for More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Someday I'll be Kathy. <laughs> It's going to take a lot of surgery. Oh, heck, I got Cinnabons downstairs. Hell yeah. Cinnabons? Yeah, pizza delivers, son. Delivered? They deliver? Yep.